0: P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to CageClub.me. That's CageClub.me. So this week we have uh, Ides of March, a film I really enjoy. I'm excited to talk about.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. This was like one of those early movies, not in Ryan Gosling's career, but one of those movies that made me go, oh, this isn't just like this guy that's from the notebook, you know?
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's like, it's a really cool version of the Gosling that we all
2: he know. He had almost
0: love. the same transition, not that like Damon, Matt Damon, started with like
1: a romance like the notebook, but you know, there's like, I think they even say it in, what, 40-year-old Virgin. Like, I thought he was such a Streisand, and then I saw Born Identity. Yeah. And, like, you know, so it's like, yeah. Gosling has like between drive and then just like, now, I mean, now, obviously, everyone.
0: Nose yeah, Gosselin. I mean, we even have a show on our network, not us, but yes. uh, on the Cage Club Network, CageClub.me. That's Cage Club. Dot m e. Yes, CageClub.me. So. Um, I call boyfriend material.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Gosling mm, wouldn't make Gosling wouldn't make a great
0: boyfriend in this movie. No, I, no, probably not. No. <laughs> what are What are your? Uh, I mean, I know this is a Philip Zimmerhoffman podcast, but what are your top Gosling films?
1: But definitely Drive. Drive is just up there as one oh, of my favorite drive, films guy. of all time. Love your Drive. Big drive, guy. drive was one of the last movies I went in, or not even last, but like rare times I went into a movie knowing. Nothing about it. had not seen. A <laughs> you're a trailer. big, you're a big
0: trailer guy. You're a big. Yeah, like, I'm a big background info.
1: Our guest today spoiler. is not a big fan of. Oh, no, I try to stay away from spoilers, but sometimes I do spoil myself. If you want to stay away from
0: spoilers, sure. There's people. Sometimes you also do soil yourself. No, never have, <laughs> never. What? Not even as a child? What that, no, that,
1: no, that's that's different. No, as
0: an adult. <laughs> no, I digress. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, so drive you went in cold turkey. Yeah, and what a delightful surprise that was. One of my favorite,
1: Oscar Isaac. I know that's a. One oh, of I love favorites. Oscar Isaac. I love me some Oscar Isaac. But uh, then I'll go and I'll throw a little. Uh, Remember the Titans, even though it's totally not like a Gosling movie.
0: <laughs> okay, Remember the Titans. Yeah, uh, th- those are your I mean, two cr- favorite. No,
1: a Crazy Stupid Love.
0: Crazy Stupid Love. I do enjoy that movie too. Yeah.
1: Who are you, Steve Jobs? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Are you in a fraternity, Cal? Always bother me that he's eating Sabaro pizza, but whatever.
1: But that you know what? But that's California. <laughs> that's what you have to recognize. Even as perfect as he is, he's Mr. California in that movie.
0: La La Land. Speaking of California, fan? Not a fan.
1: I, I like it. It definitely, uh, you know, I don't know. It it falls into that category, like. What was that blah, The art the artist, right? The black and white yeah. movie. La La Land Falls, while it's great that it's like an original musical, it definitely got like it's well, it didn't end up winning Best Picture. That was the famous like, you know, mistake of last year. Moonlight won it. But it definitely still got more love than I think it necessarily but or you technically deserves. No, I still yeah. liked it and I love I love jazz, so it's cool that he's like a jazz musician.
0: What about white man saves jazz, as a lot of people say?
1: <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't matter the color of your skin. You save something. <laughs>
0: what? Uh, what about um, John Let's Legend's see. in it, and John Legend is a more successful jazz musician in that movie. So, what other Gosling movies are out there? Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Place Beyond the
1: Pines. Do you like that one? I like the first two acts in that movie, and he's in the first
0: act a lot. So, so you like the Gosling? Parts. I like
1: the Gosling moments of that.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. How, how about you? You got a. The other ones I was thinking of are Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. No, the, the more, more I think about them, the nice guys. Oh, the nice guys, yeah. yeah. Shane
1: Black directed the movie, Russell Crowe's in it. Like, Gosling has fantastic... It's, he's the Half he's the nelson ultimate, another he's, one. he's the ultimate threat. He's, like, beautiful, he's smart, he's funny.
0: You even mentioned Blade Runner.
1: Yeah, the, the new Blade Runner. But well, we've got him yeah, today with our main man.
0: So. Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. So a little, little crossover um, from the network and... I mean, yeah, just, I mean, more power to those guys. It's an awesome actor to do a show on, and, you know, I'm happy for them, and I can't wait to listen to their episodes going forward.
1: Yeah, check it out on cageclub.me. That's dot M-E.
3: Iggy Pop! Amen! (laughs) Let it rock. I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy. Why don't you have some fun. Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a pain. Pain. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always home. I'm on cool. This is a process of dehypnotization.
1: Shut! 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 Shut up!
0: Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to this week's edition of the PSI Love Hoffman podcast, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And I'm Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to talk great movies. Well, Kyle... Thank you for your beautiful name reading. That was always lovely. I think the favorite part of everyone's everyone's PSI Love Hoffman experience, hearing I your name. I think
1: so, because they know that I'm going to be on this episode.
0: That's what they have to look forward to. You are to. once again my guest on the PSI Love Hoffman podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.
0: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But we do have a returning guest today for uh, an awesome film that I've been looking forward to speaking about. The film is Ides of March, and our guest is Dan Pichel, returning again. Dan. Hey, folks. How are you? What's up? What have you been up to?
2: Um, I uh, last time you you guys just talked to me. I was working for Billmore magazine, and uh, I went crazy uh, and moved 180 miles away to to where Pennsylvania. I am. Oh,
1: that's m- a very that's the state of in which our character is uh, governor. Yes. Of. Yes.
2: Yes, actually. It's a yeah, very no.
1: important state when it comes to politics.
2: Yes, yeah,
0: a, a swing yep. state. Could that have been your reasoning? Were you influenced to try uh, to k- kick one over to the right?
2: Uh, no. Uh, I was. Uh, I moved to the most Republican area in the state. I'm in Amish country, in Lanc- Lancaster County. Not Lancaster, Lancaster. I got yelled at many times. Wow, uh, I didn't know yeah. that. No, it's a thing. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I moved out here for a job at uh, Penn State. Uh, so. Nice. We, ah,
1: good old Sandusky territory. Whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> we don't. We not, not a talk job about. like that. Although, I although I, I am very excited. Uh, it, it's becoming a, a thing now with the new movie about with uh, Al Pacino. Wait, wait. He's playing
0: Paterno or Sandusky? Joe, he's,
2: no, he's playing Joe Paterno. Okay, yeah,
0: he plays Joe Pa. Is it a Joe Paterno film or
2: is it a? It's, uh, a, it's, it's called Paterno. It's all about Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno is, like a, is, is still like. I mean, I, I'm not on the uh, on the, uh, the the center campus. I'm not at University Park. I'm at a satellite campus in Harrisburg. Gotcha. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Joe Paterno is still like a like a god out here. They have actually, you may not know this, but um, Penn State has its own ice cream. Um, they mm. own they own they own a, a dairy farm. And they actually—what's
1: it called? I know, I knew it all along. Ice cream? Uh, no, it's—it's
2: it's called. You're uh, alienating our Penn State base. Yeah, no, Sorry. no. Well, listen, there are millions of Penn Staters out there. You no, I know, I know, I yeah. know. but um, they really would get it It's called the Berkey Creamery. It has the greatest ice cream I've ever tasted in my life, and they have a flavor named after Joe Paterno, Peachy Paterno.
0: Ah, uh, okay. I mean. You're right, Kyle, though, it, it, do, it is a recipe for some kind of humor, but we'll, yeah, come on. we'll keep that creamy? away. Creamy? Creamy? The word creamy. Oh, was I, wasn't, I wasn't asking for it, I was just saying. I know uh, my brother went to the University of Maryland, another Big Ten school, though, more yeah. recent Big Ten school, and they also have a dairy with
2: their own ice cream, so. I mean, it's its, I love it's, it's, it's a real like, I feel like I've joined this giant army of of just, like, of people. And it's like, it's such like an intense culture. And it's really, it's really cool. I mean, Penn State's just like an awesome, awesome school as is. And that's not just because they pay me. Um, it is. <laughs> it, there's a lot of really cool stuff here. Much better than New York. New York, New York is a, uh, is a, uh, is a bit of a, bit of a shithole. Not gonna lie. I'm very happy. To wow, now, now
0: you're, ne- you're alienating our much larger
2: New York base. So yes. And Michelle, stop with that. Well, listen, hey, listen, they can come find me. I don't I'm, think I'm, they'll want to. I, I'm right. That, to, I'm, I'm a mile down the road from a sheep farm. Um, <laughs> what do you well, do with those sheep? Uh, well, we can neither confirm nor deny any stories. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking kind of in the
0: language of our film now, Ides of yeah. March. Yes. yes. So we have you on because you are a, a political man. You've you've worked on campaigns, and you're also a political junkie. Yeah. Uh, um.
2: Yeah. Uh, not not so much recently, but. Um, I, I was a candidate. I was the youngest candidate in the state of New Jersey when I was 22, and I was the youngest candidate to run and the youngest candidate to lose. So um, <laughs> I also served as the executive director of the Passaic County Regular Republican Organization, which is a lot like being the president of the uh, college Republicans at uh, Yale University. I think that's <laughs> it. pretty much pretty much how uh, effective I was. But you, you got in the mud with the elephants, didn't you? Yes, I did. Well, yes, I did. There you I, go. I, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been the fighters. I never got so high level to to the. Co- I, I dealt with small town nobodies. I never worked on any congressional races. Partly because I hate most congressmen. Um, <laughs> I did a lot. I did a lot with uh, county races, local races, the the nitty gritty. I never got involved in the high level, you know, high stakes stuff like uh, this film.
1: Yeah, this is a bit. This is this is what the Democratic primaries, uh, or the Ohio? What is it exactly? The
0: Ohio Democratic primary. Yeah. Yeah. So Dan, we had you on for the party's over, another uh, political P- uh, Philip sumer Hoffman film. Um, you were not on. Michael Mansy was on for Charlie Wilson's War, but we consider this the 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 third of the Hoffman political
2: trilogy.
1: Yes, you're you're completing the ice cream sandwich.
2: The ice cream political. sandwich. Of of, yes. the politi- of the political of the political stuff. Yes. yes.
0: So thanks again for coming on. Um,
2: no, thanks for having me. Ha-
0: had you seen this movie before?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I didn't see it when it came out. I seen it because um, I I, ne- I guess I never went go to uh, theater theaters, but I I really uh, I saw this one uh, a while back. I, this came out in 2015. Yes. No. Tw- 2011. 2016. 2011. 2011. Oh really? Well then I must have saw it in 2015. It's I guess it's been a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) And and Kyle, you'd seen this before?
1: Uh, I might have seen this in theaters, but I've definitely seen it a handful of times since. It's got Daddy Goss in
0: it. (laughs) Ryan Gosling, yes. Um, this This is a film I've seen a lot. It's a favorite film of mine. I mean... It, it's something that, when again, we when we were talking about this podcast, I was really excited to talk about because it just it just um, I mean we'll get into it. Um, Kyle, why don't you tell everybody if they haven't seen the Eyes of March what it's about? All right, let's
1: see how much I can butcher this. Stephen Myers is an idealist in the world of politics. In the middle of the Ohio primary for the Democratic presidential nominee, uh, Stephen's actions take him down a path that shows the dirtier side of politics. There we go. That's figured that kind of sums it up. Would you call him an idealist? I think in the beginning, yeah, he's definitely idealist. Like, everyone's, like, between, like, Marissa Tomei, not really our main man, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but then also uh, Paul Giamatti's character. Uh, Yeah, he's definitely, like, he's shown to be, like, not naive, but just idealist and very much believing in this candidate, so
0: I mean i I have to disagree with you there. I wouldn't call him an idealist. I think he's a little bit more uh, he's less jaded than the other people on the campaign, but he's not an idealist because even before all the shit goes down, he's trying to convince his candidate to uh take Jeffrey Wright's delegates
2: well i I, 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 I actually kind of kind of fall kind of in the middle on this one um let me kind of put it this because I've been in his place before, right now here's a quick cool question before I kind of kind of kind of go into it. Um, uh, Brian and Kyle, have you ever kind of like believed in somebody like s- put your trust in somebody so fully they can do no wrong in your eyes hmm. mm, not to not
1: honestly not to the extent of like what you're asking now well I mean, besides what... the besides like obvi- I mean I'm not gonna include like pe- any family members and, like, yeah, and no, no, I'm
2: not, not, not yeah, not not family members, but just like have you ever believed in somebody so much that you would be willing to put all your effort, all your you know, devote devote your your life to that person and their cause.
1: Up until I was eight years old, I'd say Santa. Well yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but see like that that that. The, what about the rock, Kyle?
1: No, it's still not even the rock. <laughs> I love Dwayne Johnson.
2: <laughs> that that to me is like is, is kind of what at, at, at its heart is this, to me, is what this movie is about. Because I've been there, right? Like, when, when you're involved in a campaign, um, you don't sleep. You put forth all this time, all this effort. You sacrifice everything. And ultimately, it's an idea. And in our system, that idea is always wrapped up in a person. So that's why I think, like, Ryan Gosling's character I, I can really identify with. Because, yeah, he is an idealist. Because he believes that this one guy, he believes that George Clooney can save us all. He 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 willingly believes that this is the right guy, this is the right moment, and he has to get this guy elected, and he's willing to overlook so much because he believes in that higher idea. you know. So he's not an idealist in the sense of he is married to an idea. That idea is a person and a human being, and he's willing to do anything to make sure that human being succeeds, because ultimately he thinks that's... That's that's the the truth, right?
1: Yeah, well in in the beginning, I mean it's much more like simple like he thinks this man can do no wrong and he is like the better choice and he'll make the better the world a better place. But by all means and they begin like I mean it's just a great character all all really great character introductions, which is always like one of my favorite things uh to to a film and just his whole exchange of the podiums and everything like that, he's like, no, it'll make him look like a hobbit, like the other candidate. Like, you know, I mean, so it's not like he's an idealist also in the sense that he's not going to play, like, a little dirty himself. But then, obviously, as the the film unravels, he becomes much more, again, like you said, Brian, jaded.
0: Yeah, I think he's optimistic, but I think that first scene right there says he's not an idealist, because I feel like an idealist would be like, nope, our candidate is taller than this guy, it doesn't matter, he's great, he'll come out, you know. but. Regardless,
2: that's but semantics. He's, he, he's like, he's, like, he's a slight, he, he, his goal is to get this guy elected because that's, that's his idea. His, his ideal, <laughs> that he's so- that's, no, no. <laughs> let me let no, me yeah, think. I guess you. Right. That that's that's his his ideal. You know, when we think of idealists, we think of someone who's a slave to an idea. But an idea can be a person, right? So yeah, he has to play the game, and he's been doing it. You know, they set him up as this like you know it's kind of typical, kind of like your like spaghetti Western type character. Like this is the greatest guy in the world who at, at his job, right? He's like mystical, and you know he's perfect, and he does everything perfectly. Um, you know, he's like he's the ultimate thing. So he he is an idealist, but. His idea is a human being that he's like he he, that he is committed to. If if that makes any sense, or if I'm just no, it makes sense. I hear you.
0: Um, So obviously, our guy uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a really awesome role. I think Um, Paul Zara, who's the head of uh, Governor Morris's campaign.
1: Yeah. So you've got what Governor Morris, and then it's a uh, a senator from Arkansas, right?
0: Yeah, Pullman, but it, so so Ryan Gosling, as you mentioned, plays. Uh, he's our lead, really. He plays Stephen Myers. I guess he's number two to Paul Zara on the campaign.
2: Yes, that, I think I think his role, if if, if, if uh, Philip Seymour is campaign manager, he's like the deputy campaign manager.
0: Yeah, and he, he's just like this young, up and coming, very media savvy guy. Um, George Clooney is the candidate. Paul Giamatti, like you mentioned, who I love. Uh, like, I love this cast. It's Tom Duffy. He runs the oh, Rival it's, campaign. Yeah, it's no, one no.
1: Of, it's, honestly, it's one of the better casts we've had, I think.
0: Yeah. Not that we've had bad. We've had great casts. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. But still, it's up. It's just up there.
0: Just Evan, Rachel, Evan Rachel Wood, who's Molly. Very pivotal character. One of your Rizzo favorites, Tom Kyle. Mate. Say that again? Yeah, Marissa, Marissa Tomei. Tom oh, Tom Tom. Tom. Yeah, one of your favorites, Kyle. Uh, Jeffrey Wright who's thompson
1: yeah we got a bit of a uh what's the uh west world you know reunion. yeah with
0: uh evan rachel wood and jeffrey wright Yeah. though i don't think they share a scene in this film
1: no they do not jeffrey <laughs> wright has very little to do in this film
0: but, but he's, he's good a little... he's a yeah, I, he's I think good, he's yeah. really good in his scenes like he's like the he's what i think of a politician honestly uh, Definitely. yeah so george Clooney
1: is george Clooney.
0: <laughs> George Clooney. George Clooney. We should mention he's like the director, producer. He's pretty much everything. Um, this film is takes place in Cincinnati largely because he's from like the Kentucky Cincinnati area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this, this is this is this his is baby. Up
1: there. This is up there as far as I mean. He's 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 a really decent director. He's not a great director, but he's he just knows storytelling I mean he definitely gets some pretty great people in his movies I mean I'd say between this and good night and good luck um you know those are some like this and this is actually out of all his films the only like it took place in modern day all his
2: I like the good
0: German the good German was pretty good someone someone did that recently on a cage club
2: was Charlize Theron because that's that's, no
1: because it's oh isn't Soderbergh also
2: isn't it Soderbergh film that's a Soderbergh film? Oh, it's a Soderbergh film? I thought that was him. Huh. More you know.
1: Wait, maybe it's not. Maybe No, no, no. Charlize
0: Theron's in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was on the uh, Watch the Throne. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I meant to listen to that episode. But yeah, you can catch that one on cageclub.me,
2: obviously. I do have uh, to say, you, you got the, the pun game in this uh, this uh, podcast group. It's pretty, uh, pretty on point. I'd give you guys some credit. Kyle
0: likes his puns, and I think the rest of the network does as well.
1: <laughs> That's Brian saying he doesn't care about titles.
0: No, no, not that I don't care about titles. I don't care about
2: punny titles. Well, actually, speak, speaking of titles, let's—if if, if I may segue, if you don't mind—I um, love the the title of this. Um, so, this movie. so, that,
0: so that was my question. This is uh, based on a play uh, called Farragut North. Yes, and I they... think.
1: Mentioned several times in the movie.
0: Yeah, because like a play would, you know. <laughs> but and the play is by um, Bo Will- Willimon, yes. who, who was the original showrunner for House of Cards. So, oh. uh, yeah. So and he he and uh, I think Clooney and some other people who did the rewrite were nominated for the Oscar for this. And kind of off this, he got to be the uh, showrunner for House of Cards. I mean, I'm talking about obviously the American Kevin Spacey. Sorry, cursed name now, but Kevin Spacey, uh, House of Cards. So, I mean, you you kind of like see where that can come from. House of Cards oh, is like, a very extrapolated version of this. But again, so they changed it for film to be Ides of March, which, of course... Um, Dan Pichelle, would you like to tell the uh, well, the audience what the Ides of March is, if they don't know?
2: Well, I mean, if you, if you don't know, um, I suggest... <laughs> I suggest you should you should you should turn this podcast off and go to bed because it's way past your bedtime. You <laughs> have um, But <clears throat> by the off chance, if you don't know what the Ides of March is, is, I mean it's like you know to the, it's the day that Caesar dies, right? So I mean, not just dies, well gets gets, gets, <laughs> gets assassinated, yeah. but well, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, and, and, and a lot of it, times. like the Ides of March, comes from the Caesar. I mean, uh, the Shakespeare play more than anything yes. else. Um, you know, there's always stories about, yeah, but it's the day where Caesar, you know, put, puts on his uh, toga and heads to the Senate for the last time and ki- was killed by the senators and his best friend, uh, guy, I don't know, Marcus Mark Julius Anthony. Brutus.
0: <laughs> Brutus, yeah.
2: Brutus, Mark Anthony no, Friends, Romans, country. You need Mark to go An- back to high school. Come on, what are you talking about? Mark Anthony's a
0: Puerto Rican singer, very talented, but not related to this. Kyle, come on. Sure, I'm kidding. No, but okay, so do you guys uh, why do you think they changed the title? I guess is my question. Uh, um, uh, it's got a
1: bit more, I mean, so I, what's it's referenced several times, but I didn't write it down. What's the
0: r- original title? I said it Farragut North,
1: yeah. Uh, they, you know, just I don't know. That doesn't have any. That means nothing to anybody. And obviously, some people don't know what the Ides of March is. But it just has, I don't know. It just it leads a bit more to the mystery. And obviously, when you know that there's going to be betrayal. Uh, so it, you know, it's got a, it's a more a bit more Hollywood name, and I think it's a, you know like a smarter title in a way. So well, I
2: I I think I think it's 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 two things. One, the primary that they're working towards is on March fifteenth. So. Yeah, there's your main connect. There's your literal connection, but if you want to go for like more of a subtext, I think um, in a lot of ways, as as someone who like is obsessed with Julius Caesar, um, there is a lot of Caesar like tendencies to to character. Um, uh, Caesar was famous for being the 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 ideal man, the ideal. You know the fair and honest leader, and it was completely whitewashed by history as this great figure who was killed by a bunch of selfish, you know, evil, pol- corrupt politicians. So I think that's. But but if you look really, if you really look into um, the Shakespeare play, which I think where a lot of the the heavy handedness comes from, is Caesar becomes a tyrant, um, and he he ha- he wears a white toga, right? Now, believe it or not. It, small note aside um toga uh li- literally uh a politician is man who wears white that's what the literal translation of politician mm. is. um so Ooh. yeah yeah um so uh that's that's i i i maybe i I'm, I'm just rambling here but i think i think it, it has a lot to do with um making parallels of the fall of caesar to to george Clooney. george Clooney is caesar and he is the ideal person who's being you know who who really isn't on on the outside. We see him as this wonderful, you know, clean politician, but deep down he's really just a, a rotten tyrant.
0: I mean, that's fair. It's not, but it's not like he's brought down. He's kind of just manipulated. But no, I, I agree. It's a, it's a great title. I do like the Farragut North title though as well. I mean, but I think it, it's too too uh nerdy, if you will.
2: Well, let's, let's also let's also just be be. Uh... <laughs> Be honest here. Ides of March is going to sell a few more tickets than Farragut North, No, oh, that's, right? that's what exactly, I mean. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, that's the more Hollywood title. Yeah,
2: definitely. But we're supposed to get in deep on our analysis here, right? Money. The, North. These are artists. They don't count they they don't <laughs> fickle things like money when making a film. Uh,
0: but Farragut North, of course, is a subway stop in the D.C. metro um, by K Street, where all the consulting firms are, and that's like kind of, I don't know, it, it, my brother uh went like like i mentioned went to university of maryland which is right by dc and this is like a movie me and him always quote just whenever i'm in that city and i pass the farragut north like metro stop i just get i just hear it from philip Zimmerhoffman's voice
1: <laughs> who almost wasn't in this movie originally oh t- do tell it was almost by George Clooney's longtime friend uh, Brad Pitt. Almost played the role of Paul Zara.
0: Oh wow! Okay,
1: that would have just been too many pretty people. Nothing against Phillips and Hoffman. You know, I love the Hoffman, but like between George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Ryan Gosling, like you know.
2: Well, this is in his extra. I mean, not that he ever was like a, a you know, like a, like a, like a pretty boy. But this is in his extra fat and disgruntled kind of phase
0: yeah dad. we were we were just talking about uh that in all our previous episodes
2: how big he is at this point in his career like literally i mean and i'll be honest with you i've worked with a lot of like campaign consultants and you know people who do this for a living people who make politics their living and they all look like philip sieber hoffman they're all <laughs> That's- they're all fat they're all miserable well, the good ones are. The pretty ones are like, you know, the activists who are just doing this to, you know, have the <laughs> resumes. But the, the really good ones, the really success ones, look like Paul like look like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Paul Giamatti. They're they're rough around the edges. They chain <sighs> <Paul> smoke. <Giamatti. laughs> they they chain smoke, um, just like he this was like in my experience like that the best part about this movie was was Philip Seymour Hoffman's character because it's so true and it's so and also the way the characters are written we can get into that but I'm sure
0: yeah no I mean let's talk about it because I think he just like this is where he just kicks ass you know Definitely.
1: This is this is where just like all these years, all these roles. Again, like so, we, he's had a lot of leading roles at this point. But now we're kind of getting into this territory where he's just taking these great, like whether they're it's part of like an ensemble or even just like a small, like a you know just like two scenes kind of thing. They're character I mean, roles. A, yeah, just really great character roles, and he he just adds so much authenticity to this film.
0: It feels real. It's funny cuz he just was in Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt almost played this role. Um yes. It feels it feels more real when Hoffman plays these kind of roles than theoretically Brad Pitt.
1: Yeah, I mean just in that I mean well we're not we talked about Moneyball already so I won't go back to that, but I mean that's just it's uh it's just a great role for him and he just he, he, he always also plays a really great mentor in a handful of you know in so, like a handful of films so this is just another like when we get to the final like just the like two last scenes between uh, Phillips and Hoffman and Ryan Gosling I mean they just hit that much harder because the relationship between them is believable and it just means a
2: lot more those are my two favorite scenes in the whole film the last two scenes with him and Ryan Gosling.
0: Uh huh, hundred percent. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more.
2: Though, though,
0: Gosling as this pretty boy. I mean, I I know Kyle, you really like Ryan Gosling. Um, we have a whole show on, uh, on our network about Ryan Gosling. I love Ryan Gosling too. But like his, his little like, I love his fucking, just the way he delivers lines to me. It's just so like he just like,
1: doesn't come off as Canadian ever.
0: <laughs> no, because he invented his he invented his own accent. He really did. He's no, he did. Like- uh, that's, a, that's a real thing. He, when he was like breaking out, he decided that he would invent his own accent um, to kind of distinguish himself in Hollywood, and it fucking worked. Yeah, it's almost
1: like a like nineteen like like mid. 20th century like, East <laughs> New York accent or yeah,
2: something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, are, I like when he says, are you like, are you Bearcat? You know, like, he just like, boom, away. Yeah. He... <laughs> you be, yeah. He just, you know, just
1: like, I, I mean, we'll go, I mean, just quick, same, like one of my uh, favorite rom coms of all time, Crazy Stupid Love. And he's just like, how about you, Fancy Face? Just like, <laughs> like it's just like, just like things like Fancy Face just sounds
0: like yeah. So, so Kyle, Kyle, I heard a rumor. Uh-huh. I heard a rumor once that on certain dating profiles uh-huh. that you had in the past that you've ref- you've referred to yourself as. The oh chubby yeah,
1: that's Ryan not Gosling. even just like not even on dating. What that's like a go to in person. Line, you know, just like, uh, like, nothing is like me. Uh, like, when I'm, when I'm, like, hot on a date, like, the quips coming out, like, I'm, I'm not, like, that's not, I'm not saying that's all the time, but, like, when I'm on, like, a, a good, like, you know, little flirting role, I'm a chubby Ryan Gosling.
0: Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to con- you to confirm or deny that. I wanted it on the record. Yeah. I'm not afraid to. I will
1: sh- you're my Ida. I will share with
0: you. <laughs> sure. Um so uh, Kyle, I remember when you first saw this movie and we were talking about it. Um you you said you were a little afraid because George Clooney is a well-known and and Dan, I know you'll chime in on this. George Clooney is a well-known like left-wing person.
1: Wow, good him. memory. I know where you're going with this. Yeah.
0: And you were afraid of watching this that it was just going to be like paint the Democrats as like the party of truth and reason and for like the people and the Republicans as like the snakes. Um, and and I remember you saying you were happy that that was not the case in this.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It's just like, so, I mean, it ends up being obviously this sex scandal that, you know, is in the, you know, the crux of George Clooney's character. Uh, so that just, I mean, we'll go back to Bill Clinton for that good old one, but, uh, but you know, I just who 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 says is it Paul Paul Giamatti right that says Republicans are meaner, tougher, more disciplined? You
0: know, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, that's his get in the mud with the elephants thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm you know I'm not gonna I want to get into our current political climate. Uh, so that was a comment I made back in I guess in 2011 2012 uh, when there was still I don't know Republican Party. You know, if you're a Democrat listening to this right now, obviously you, you would never agree with it, but there used to be like a good Republican party.
2: I mean they nominated, they, they nominated the, the most like the most nicest guy in the world on 2012 and they still they still made him look like an asshole to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I love Mitt Romney. but like I think one really cool thing about George Clooney's character, is they they try to make him a bit cliche, I guess. From what I tell, is it, like, oh, this is your typical you know Democrat. He cares about all the environment and all this. Like he took a lot of cliche points. But the, watching it again in twenty eighteen, it's like he was Bernie Sanders,
0: a little better looking than yeah. Bernie Sanders.
2: But but like you know, like <laughs> not not, not if Bernie not Sanders, a, not like,
0: as radical as
1: Bernie Sanders though. Bernie Sanders is pretty radical.
2: Well, it's like you know. The I mean, the, the politics was like, it was like he was a generic Democrat, right? And I think that was a conscious choice on his part. He was like, he's not making a movie to make Republicans or Democrats look bad. They're making a movie to make all politicians and make this whole game that we play every four years look ridiculous.
0: And, and I 100% appreciate that. Like it, it's so So I'm glad you would agree with that, too, as a hard R, as with the lesson you taught us last time, Dan. Yes. Hard R, <laughs>
1: which for people that didn't, but you should go back and listen to uh, the parties over the last episode. Dan on. A hard R is a uh, strong someone who believing
2: someone believing who, Republican. who will reliably vote for Democrats. We we in, 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 in political consulting, new um, judge. Um, Voters, as how they like a cycle, is four years, right? Because you have your presidential where everyone votes, you have your midterm where half the people vote, then you have the two off years where no one votes. So you can kind of guess and make your assumptions through your data. So a hard R is what we would call a Four of four Republican voter. So you're a registered Republican. You voted four out of the last four times. A hard D would be someone who voted Dem, who's a registered Democrat, who voted four out of the four times. Last four yep. times. Yep.
0: So you you are harder. Um. So I, I, let's let's get into stuff you
2: want to talk about about the film. I, I would I, just just to point out, I would never vote for George Clooney's character. In the movie. <laughs> let's just get that out. Let's just get that straight. I figured. But okay. I, I I respect how they they made it less about. This is a, a brilliant this is a great man like they said, you know, a lot of the stuff is they tried to make him out to be this great man and a lot of the characters refer to him as this great man. I mean they, they have the Obama, you know, mock-up posters and all that to kind of get that kind of cult of personality going. Um but they didn't really say he's a great man because of his politics. He's a great man because he's a you know true and honest politician. And I, I appreciated that while watching the movie, that they didn't try to like smack me over the head with a message.
0: No, absolutely. Like he's the he's the left wing dream candidate, and it shows that he has one of the most famous flaws, and it's quoted later in the film, like the "don't fuck the intern" thing.
2: Well, that just that just seems to be a Democrat thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but then well, again, Republic, Republicans get caught in bathroom stands for, uh, uh, you know, for for, 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 for uh, gay prostitutes. So hey, wh- I was going to say some of those am, were interns who, too. Who am I to judge? Whatever happened to Chandra Levy, right? We don't talk about that. <laughs> that is such a bad
0: joke. Anyway, um, so, you know, look, this shit happens on both sides. Um, and it, it's it's nice, to not nice to see, but it's nice to see in this film um, where they they kind of, they're fair about that. We'll put it that way. Kyle, um, are there any scenes specifically you want to talk about? Definitely we have to talk about all those, like, heavy-hitting Hoffman scenes. Um, you mentioned the opening scene, too, with Ryan Gosling.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I think all, all of our characters, I mean, we meet most of our heavy hitters, like, or all, I mean, all of our main characters, maybe except for Jeffrey Wright, within, like, close to, like, the first 10 minutes. Um, and so, I mean, between Stephen prepping for, what, oh, it's a debate between, uh, Pullman and, uh, Governor Morris, so, uh, just i mean after that pretty much we just get like some good stuff on the sides between Phillips and hoffman and uh so i mean well his his character's name is paul and then uh steven and i i just i think it just shows that world really well and like they're having their side conversations but then when morris looks over they smile and give a thumbs up like it just feels very real to me i think i i i
2: as someone who has experienced that firsthand, it is incredibly real. Um, I, I remember I was only a campaign manager once, but I was like, a, like one one of my big things was I, I had photography skills, so I would go everywhere and be the photographer for all the candidates. So I was there, and you know, when you're on a campaign, when you're fighting against somebody, you're all going to the same places, right? You're all going to the same events and doing the same things, so you run into each other a lot. And there's always the there's always you. On the other side, right? <laughs> so it's 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 all, always the same. It's always the same thing. It's like we would have been the best of friends because we have the same interests and the same skill set. But he likes the other guy, so he's an asshole.
1: Yeah, so, we, just our faith, we just put our faith into different people.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so so it's like that interaction between Paul Giamatti and and, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I I mean I I can. Definitely relate to that. That's that's very very true. Of course, unfortunately for me, um, at being being a Republican, uh, he always the, my Democrat counterpart always had the upper hand because he was always surrounded by you know these beautiful college interns, and I had your typical average uh, Republican voter uh, women over fifty <laughs> around me. So it was a bit, it was a bit, it was a bit of a disadvantage. He he may have gotten the better of that exchange. But, yeah, uh,
1: Democrats have uh, better entourages, almost.
0: <laughs> well, everyone's got the entourage, just what's what what they're, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> composed of. Um, no, so I, I do like that little uh, scene between Paul Giamatti and Philip Seymour Hoffman. First of all, I don't think they're in anything else, right, together. No. So these are two these are two actors are really really like, um, just having some banter i'm sure they've even worked on some campaigns before too they're both democrats um it, it, it's yeah because they mentioned even in the movie that how he knows him uh, paul giamatti kind of knows uh, uh philip sumer hoffman's character
2: they've worked he, together they worked together yeah they said
0: that a yeah, lot. Of, yeah so like he and he knows how to play the situation which turns out like to be one of the pivotal pivotal things of this film um they have great banter so, But the scene that, I mean, I don't know If you wanted to play this scene, Kyle But the scene, first Phil Singer Hoffman scene I wanted to play was the one With Marissa Tomei
1: Sure, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and play that one when it's, So it's uh, you've got Phil Singer Hoffman, Marissa Tomei, and Ryan Gosling uh, Sitting around And uh, Marissa Tomei Plays Ida uh, Horowitz And she's a reporter, do we know exactly Who she's a reporter for? Does
2: New York she? Times is it the new york times yeah she's at the times ah yes hey it could be the um, wa- could be the washington times <laughs> <I didn't know laughs> that. I then have. again i highly doubt the washington times is covering a democratic primary in Ohio. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so let's play that clip and we can talk about
0: it paul tell me something i don't know tell me what's going to happen on the 15th
3: that's by nine
0: well, so you're certain you're going to win here
3: Certain, no, confident, yeah.
2: You just said you win by nine. And
3: I think <laughs> that we will. St. Gabriel can blow his horn on election day and get his four horsemen to rig the ballot boxes for Pullman, and it wouldn't surprise me.
1: Hmm. So you're saying there's a good chance you won't win?
3: No, don't twist my words, Ida. What I'm saying is I'm not going to promise you we'll win. But he was decorated by Bush Sr. from the first Gulf War. He protested the second. He left his state with a balanced budget and the fourth highest education rate the Republicans have no one out there that can touch this guy so for this moment this election this primary is the presidential and that ida is the state of the union
0: yeah i mean uh so we haven't seen these two and we won't see them see them again um together unfortunately but we saw them in before the devil knows you're dead yes
1: they were in much more Closer.
0: Yes, very intimate in that film. Very intimate, yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, I love it because it's like everybody there knows the exact game they're playing.
1: I I love it just because the scene starts with the song that plays at the end of Doctor Strange Love. So it's just like this crazy... There's a couple of great, like early on, foreshadowing moments. Even again, the scene between PSH and Paul Giamatti he's like, oh, I might have to steal him away from you. And then this it begins with like this lovely guy play, playing piano on, uh, uh, you know, in the bar, playing again that ominous song when there's a bunch of nuclear bombs going off the end of Doctor Strangelove. But uh, yeah, just like again, you get, you get the inner workings. That's like the big again. It was very realistic, and you get to you get the inner workings of politicians and the media. I think in a political race.
2: Well, also, I think I think it just it shows how I I think I think when you when you watch this movie, I think a lot of it is commenting on how our political system is. I think this is you know the writers trying to say you know this is a I think ultimately, if you want to get super deep here, they're trying to say with this movie, this is all bullshit. This entire system is bullshit. And this is how the media, you know, we like it's breaking, like, kind of. I guess maybe you can tie it can kind into the whole eyes of March thing is, you know, it's breaking down these clean institutions and revealing them for what they are. And, you know, you have the campaign manager, you know, constantly flirting with the New York Times, you know, reporter, and they both need each other. You know, it's like, it's a mutual, mutual thing. They both really need each other and they're super friendly on it. And it's just, uh, it's bullshit, you know? I guess. Maybe, <laughs> no, maybe I'm just. Maybe it's just not. That, that's my politics shining through. But you know, that's, no, no, I, he- I hear you.
1: I mean, this again. I mean, it, also, what like Charlie Wilson's War? I said this on Charlie Wilson's War episode. It makes me a bit, you know. And I, and I'm saying this, realizing it's a, it's a, you know, a fiction. It's a narrative film, but it makes me, you know, just a very. Uh, I don't know. Nile is sticking away of our process, but I don't. You know, but that's going by watching narrative films and not knowing anything really about our political system besides. It
0: kind of it, little- it makes me love the process more, believe it or not. Like I, I it, it's it's. This is so fascinating to me. Like this movie, it's interesting. Well, so
2: because you're you're you're, you're a dirty liberal, Brian, that's why you like it so much. No,
1: (laughs) (laughs) no, I agree that it's like fascinating, but that's different. I mean. To, you know, that's definitely, I would, I will not deny that it's, like, fascinating, but to me it just makes me a little, like, again, it's just discouraging, it's just like...
0: No, okay, look, look, the whole, like, candidate sleeping with an intern and her getting pregnant and getting an abortion and then essentially killing herself is not fascinating, and int- well, it's interesting, like, to watch as a movie, but I'm like, wow, I love politics now, but I, I, no, I, mean, yeah, I, I do love I realize- these inner no, workings, and- I love the game, it really reminds me of our last film, Moneyball like, just, like, you you know, the polls are, like, the numbers, and just trying to a- oh, yeah. angle yeah, things a certain way to overcome the odds.
2: It's a game. No, it's, it's all a game. It's, yeah, exactly.
1: Very much that that way. I mean, that's just uh, just that way in Moneyball, they're talking about, like, good looks, and clearly it's, like, that's commented on this film, too, as far as your political candidates and George Clooney being a good-looking guy. You know, <laughs> all-
0: the the one thing um uh, you mentioned foreshadowing there's like a scene where he goes on charlie rose another name we're not supposed to talk about but uh there's a there's a scene where he goes on charlie rose but he's getting his makeup done first and if you notice he's yes. kind of being flirty with the makeup girl oh yeah the first time you watch you just think he's just like in it because he's like asking ryan gosling and i forgot I'm sorry, but I don't remember the other actor's name there, Um, but I've seen him in other things.
1: Yeah, that actor... uh, Well, the character's name is Ben Harper, and then Max uh, Mingella, I'll call him, Mingella. He was was in the social network. He was one of the original ideas with the Winklevoss twins to come up with uh, Facebook.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, that's where I recognized him from. And um, he, uh, you know, the Clooney's character asks him if he has a girlfriend, he asks Ryan Gossett if he has a girlfriend, but it's kind of like on the second viewing or later viewings, you realize that he's like, he's not just like, you know, chumming it up. He's a freaking flirt.
2: I mean, that's, oh, that's the- I mean, yeah, when, when you think about it too, that's just, you know, that's, we always get like super shocked, like when, oh my God, the president had a, an affair with the intern. I mean, like this is, this is a guy whose whole job is to charm people. Right, you know, it, it comes with the territory. That's just how he is.
1: Yeah, I mean, by the end of this film, when we see the new intern and she's an attractive young lady, I for some reason I had it in my mind when I was you know, rewatching it for this episode that there was even a little glance between her and uh, Governor Morris, and there totally isn't. But that's like what this film does. It, like at least for me, it just made me think like, up oh, there's the next one that's you know po- po- at least going to get hit on by him
2: well the end, the end is just like the beginning, that's what yeah. I love about that, yeah, and the, yeah, you know, that's, yeah that's yeah, that's why I was- it's the same it's the same line with the second guy the 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 what's his name from the social network he has like yeah this, exactly yeah. that yeah, you're supposed to give me a phone yeah it's all it's it's all it's all, it's all gonna happen again it's, <laughs> it's which it's I don't really think which I don't really think it is. George, Clo- George Clooney's going to screw all the interns.
0: <laughs> but it's almost, yeah, like like this is not this is something that's happened. And, and that's where the title is also good as well, because it's something that's clearly happened since the beginning of recorded history. Not like having sex with the interns, but we'll say political backstabbing and entry. And it's not going to change. No matter what system we have, there's always going to be politicking involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the final shot of the film, when it's about to go... Uh, live to Steven, there's even a, like, you kind of have doubt like, is he just gonna spill the beans right now of just, like, everything that happened? He just looks like such a broken, you know, m- man at the end of just like, I mean, he, you know, he says to when Morris says, Uh oh, you know, like, I wouldn't be able to work with you for the next eight years, and he's like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Maybe <laughs> just, you know, let's, let's keep it to four. But even at this point, I think Steven's just like, Oh my God! Like four years, and I'm going to be like working in the White House, like with this guy, and just...
2: Uh... Well, here, here, here's the. I think also another interesting parallel to the name of the film. You know, like it goes. A big part of the play Julius Caesar is Brutus, right? Brutus is one of the big characters. You know, he's Caesar's friend. You know, Caesar pardoned him. They're they're very close, but for the for the greater good, he he has to kill Caesar, right? So this is, I think, is kind of an interesting parallel. Is like, how did Brutus have to live with himself after he killed Caesar for the greater good? How does he have to live with himself after he blackmailed his idol and his his ideal? You know, uh, if 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 we go down to our previous conversation, is you know he had to like you know he's he's disenchanted. He's numb to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he totally between his what he considered, like, his close friend in, uh, you know, Philip Hoffman's character, Paul, between betraying him, like, he, you know, he, he, I mean, he felt betrayed by Paul, but Paul was technically doing, like, that, that to me, uh, it's not, I'm not saying it's not unbelievable, but that was, like, I guess, technically the little, the, the weakest thing about the film, is the, that Ryan got, that, that Stephen decided to go talk to Tom Duffy, like it, it, you know like i understand he couldn't get you know in touch with paul but uh you still you just you just wait like he's obvious he's clearly you know he already like had told us as an au- as an audience he's worked on more campaigns at his age than like you know you know than uh someone that's been it in it for 20 years a little weak what, plot wise uh, but uh, what scene are you stuff. referring to that he goes and decides to talk to Tom Duffy, to Paul Giamatti's character,
2: and has chicken wings. <laughs> oh, okay. I
0: mean, I, I I didn't really see it that way, but
2: uh... it, I can see I can see it's like just like a weak kind of like inciting incident, but you know,
0: yeah. hey, no, for no, I think again, I mean,
1: that's obviously this is me nitpicking, but I think it's a for a very smart film, it just felt a little again for that character because he's a he's a very he's a He's a bright guy with, like, his whole future ahead of him, and it just seemed like a pretty obvious, you know... And, I mean, the, the scene I want to play when he gets reamed out by by Paul...
0: You know, I mean, I probably would have done the same thing in, in his shoes, um, only not because of, like, the reasons he cites. It's because, um, you know, Philip Seymour and Paul Zara was away... I, he, yeah no you I know a, he he feels like time. he's like feel feels like he's in charge of the campaigning maybe he thinks he can get some kind of edge No, one way I, or another I,
2: I, I disagree I think he's um, he feels important and I think that's exactly what Paul Giamatti knows he goes this is a young guy right now I don't care how experienced you are um, there's certain experiences you get that just don't come unless you have you know that, that have to come with age and I think I don't care how many times he's been around the block. This big figure comes in and wants to talk to you. You're gonna be curious. It's out of the ordinary. So he goes. I didn't think it was like so like like a big glaring, you know, error in the plot. But
0: no, no, uh, no. I mean, like I I, I buy into that too. I have issues with the plot, and that's that's not really
2: one of them.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't say error with the plot. I think it's just. But also, that to me was the weakest
2: element. And I'm I'm also gonna get all uh, artsy again, and I promise I won't ramble on for 20 minutes. But um, it's kind of like this. you know, it, uh, uh, Paul Giamatti is Cassius. You know, he's the guy who corrupts Brutus against Caesar, um, not in the literal sense, but you know, he he he's the one who you know because in the play in the play uh, in the play Julius Caesar, they not it's like one of the first scenes is Brutus and Cassius meeting when they shouldn't be meeting and talking about you know Caesar and what they should do.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's to- 100%. The, and if you realize, I mean, if you think about, like, that this is the guy from House of Cards, um, it's obvious his Shakespeare influence. Yeah, yeah. Like, 100% on that. So, so Kyle, what was the next scene you wanted to talk about? Um. Well, I, I, I would love to play
1: the scene where, I mean, where Stephen gets fired. Um. But I mean, leading up to that, I mean, you know, I think that's the most, one of the more important things of this film is the relationship between Paul and Stephen. And before then, we just get like a lot of great scenes just between Paul, the governor, and Stephen. And especially that scene behind, like, you know, Stephen letting Paul know. And I love, it's one of the best, just fantastic shots. There's some really, I'm not going to say that the cinematography is great in this movie, but there's a lot of great shots. In this
0: movie. I love this cinematographer. He's one of my favorites. He's the guy that Alexander Payne uses all the time. Uh what's his name? Papa Michael? Yeah, he's he literally does the descendants, I think this next movie with uh um with uh George Clooney. So he's probably my favorite cinematographer, this guy. Like not not ever not ever okay currently working.
1: No, I'm just saying I, I there's a there's a handful of shots in this movie that I really like and one of them is uh, when they're speaking behind the American flag while George Clooney is on stage, and then there's just this final like wide shot of Ryan Gosling standing there by himself like in a silhouette behind this beautifully, you know, reverse side of the American flag, um, and that's when he decided to tell him. That he went and he spoke to uh, Tom Duffy.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the, the, that's great. Um, and, and you honestly, at first, you think it's going to be okay. You know, not like okay, but you think because he seems like uh, Paul Zara is doing more like damage control about the situation, that it's not necessarily like he going to lead pissed. to
2: his He's more yes. pissed than angry. Yes
1: yeah things are not going exactly the way they thought they thought it was gonna like they had senator thompson like in the bag but clearly uh you know tom duffy and uh senator pullman have been talking to him uh what they promised him uh secretary of state right
0: yeah. I I love just like a little side note when um they're talking to Clooney and they're trying to convince him to take it and he's like what did he ask for? FDA, chairman? Yeah. yeah. He
1: was asking yeah. such like lower stuff like <laughs> I thought he would start would have started guessing like
0: No, but he was kidding. He was like, you know, he was like he knows he's like going to gun for something more. He just that's how he values
2: this guy. Uh-huh. Like he just values him like he, you know, he 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 hates him clearly. Yeah. And I, I think um, you know, I, and also if you got to put yourself in that guy and 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 uh, Philip Seymour mind is like your his whole strategy hinged on getting this endorsement. He didn't get this endorsement. He comes back. He's pissed off because of that. And then he finds out that that to him, uh, uh, Ryan Gosling stabbed him in the back. Right. So it's like it's like it's like shit on top of shit.
0: You know. Yeah. It's it's. It's not going well and you could tell this is a, you know he's the kind of guy who uh he's obviously handled campaigns before but he's still he 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 he, he reacts you know Yeah So of course this eventually leads to uh Ryan Gosling's firing best yeah. scene in the whole movie hands down
1: Yeah I think there was this even uh when we had Joanna on a couple episodes ago this was what she said she just loved this Scene in the movie, so you know what? Let's uh, let's play it for you, Haw fans.
3: I leaked it to Ida. I don't understand. We made a deal, Paul. They're gonna. They're going to print that story in the paper tomorrow morning. I know. So why'd you do it? Why why would you do that? Why would you do that to the campaign? The campaign will survive. Why would you do that to me? Makes it easier to let you go. What? Why'd you meet with Duffy? I made a mistake made a stupid mistake no Stephen you didn't make a mistake you made a choice you called me and left a message to call you back that it was important and when I did you told me to forget about it you chose not to tell me why'd you make that choice because Paul I didn't think it was important oh fuck yes you did but you went because you were curious because you felt flattered because you felt special to think that Duffy wanted to speak to you instead of me Because you thought to yourself, maybe I can get something out of this, because because it made you feel big? You know, the first campaign I ran is a tiny little race in Kentucky. um, State Senate seat, you know, working for some redneck nobody named Sam McGuthrie. No staff, no money, no fucking office. Everyone thought we didn't stand a chance. No way we can compete, right? And about this time, this guy running this uh, congressional campaign a few districts over gives me a call. And he says, I really like what you're able to do for poor old Sam. But let's face it, he's a goner. Why don't you come work for me? What did I do? Well, Stephen, this is where you and I are different. I told Sam about the call. And Sam says to me, Paul, If you think this other guy's got a chance at winning, and he can pay you more than anything I can afford, and if it's what you feel you need to do, then I won't get in your way. And I say, Sam, you took a chance on me and hired me when I was even more of a nobody than you are. So I'd be damned if I'm going to jump ship just because the shit hits the fan. We lost that race, but three years later, when Sam decided to run for governor, who do you think he called? We won that race, and 20 years later, I am where I am fucking now. Now, there's only one thing I value in this world, Stephen, and that's loyalty. And without it, you are nothing. And you have no one. And in politics, in fucking politics, it's the only currency you can count on. That's why I'm letting you go. Not because you're not good enough, not because I don't like you, but I value trust over skill. And I don't fucking trust you
0: anymore. It doesn't matter whether you trust me, Paul. It matters whether the governor does. The
3: governor already knows, and he thinks it's the right thing to do. He does. Yeah, and you know what? If I were you, I'd get a good night's sleep, because you're going to get fucking pounded by calls from the press in the morning.
1: I love just like, again, this is just heavy set. Phil Hoffman, and he's just sitting there with, with that his cigarette arms crossed, and then yeah. pulling out the pack of cigarettes, and you know, just then getting up and going on this. Ah, uh, just I mean, it's just a great. I mean, talk about like a scene that if you if you're like an actor that you want to go in and just like uh like go in and try to like own a scene and just learn from somebody, this is this is one of those scenes.
2: Yeah, just the the loyalty, or like poor old Sam. I, I, I really, um, the one thing I just I love. One, the performance was just spot on. It looks as if, and I think I think this is maybe what he was trying to go for. Is like he has had to say this speech like a half a dozen times. He's, yeah, he's
1: had to he's had to say it a lot more than he's
2: wanted to. Yeah, and and I love. I mean, like I've I've worked in politics, and I get it. Uh, loyalty is huge, and loyalty is so few and far between because the stakes are so high. You know I've had people who were like are close, you know when when you're involved, right, there's a group of people you you work with and you are all committed to this cause. Into this, this, this one thing, which is your candidate, and you're working. You know, you're, you're going out at midnight because the other assholes took down all your signs. You got to put them up against. So you know, day in day out, you're working so hard. And then when you find out that somebody who's in that tight group just leaves, it just becomes you know, loyalty is so important. And it's like the one, like you know, Paul will uh, Philip Seymour Hoff, His name is Paul, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Paul. Plays a game of bullshit, right? He weaves tales of bullshit. He goes through strategy. He fights the other guy, and he expects his people to be, have his back, and that's just something that's so critically important to him. It's a, it's a. He's incredibly jaded, but he relies on loyalty so much. So as soon as that, he's even hinted that it's gone, he has to dump him.
0: Yeah,
1: I think it's. Yeah, it's even. I mean, you know, Ryan Gosling or Stephen. You know, again, has like faith. Well, at this point, he's lost uh, faith in the governor because he found out that he and Molly, and then he, right before this scene, he brought Molly to.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want. We'll talk. About, we'll talk about Molly a little later.
1: Yeah. But, um, but you know, b- b- before all this, again, Stephen just you know really believed that like Morris could almost like do no wrong. But you know, Paul, Paul is just he's he's, he's been done in it. it- yeah, he's done it. He knows he's he's much more betrayed by you know his peer, you know, in Stephen than like a, than the guy that he's running the campaign could ever do to him. He's expecting like a politician to just go ahead and be a politician, but for his you know his peer and almost you know again like he has like this mentor role to Stephen and as we learned in that you know that he had a mentor and decided to you know s- you know stay with him in that campaign and then it re- he repaid him later on I mean, that was a political figure. But anyway...
0: It reminds me of, uh, Char- in Charlie Wilson's war, the, the story that Charlie Wilson tells about how he first, like, helped a guy get elected. And that's when, like, he believed in democracy. This is almost, like, the reason that that Paul Zara believes in these campaigns. Like, he's just... It's loyalty to him. It's lo- It's loyalty, and then, in the end, like, it's just, like,
1: in these moments where he's just you know BSing with people and then just in the muck of it all it's just that for this to happen it's just a very you know brings low morale I think so
2: and I think I think um loyalty is so like you know Paul is a character who's willing to follow the sword for the for the cause right you know his is his goal and he's going to do anything against it and and that's what he he's focused on like when it eventually comes out and Ryan Gotham's able to you know backstab him um it, it, it he he takes it like a man you know he goes on he goes t- tells chris matthews oh it was you know it was a mutual decision right you know he doesn't yeah. freak out he doesn't do what uh ryan gosling does 100 uh, percent. yeah i he, love I he has love more integrity st-
1: Definitely. I love the slow push into when he steps into the uh, governor's SUV. And you think, like, you're just going to hear him go, like,
2: what the fuck? You know, like, but... He knows it's coming. He knows knows it's it's
1: coming, and it's just silence, and it's just, like, this very climatic, you know, like... you know tense suspenseful music and then he steps out and the and the suvs pull away and then like you said then he's talking to chris matthews and then the next scene we have with him after that is just like him being normal i know he's not i mean it's outside of a funeral
0: yeah no and and, i want to play i want to play that scene later yeah he is so um how can i put it he's he like you said dan this is a game, and he knows exactly how the game is played. So yeah. when he finds it out, he's not necessarily shocked
2: or anything. He's curious, well, but, he, feels, but he, he He feels betrayed. Like one, one par- the one thing uh, that that last scene um, when he's going in there, he's he's not angry, he's not upset, he's just disappointed. Right when he's taught. Talk- like, did you ever see um, a, a great parallel to that scene? Is the uh, famous movie Double Identity? You ever see Double Identity? No, I haven't. Well, it's a great film Noir movie, Fred McMurray and Edward G. Robinson. This was his, like, best friend, and he's just disappointed and disgusted. But, and you can tell that. But he doesn't have to show it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah.
0: No, no, definitely. Um, so, I mean, like you mentioned, that last scene we get with him is at the funeral. Um, I, but before we get really into the nitty-gritty of that scene, because I also enjoy that scene, I want to talk about uh, Evelyn Rachel Wood's character, Molly. Um, well, first of all, what did you guys think of her performance? What did you guys think of her, her
2: character uh, or that arc in general? I had no opinion. <laughs> She's a plot device. No, but um, I, I, I actually, I think this, If like, I'm not one to judge about, like, stereotypes and going off and on and about, about that stuff. Like, I really could care less. But I feel like her character was so, they wrote her so one-dimensional, you know? She had one purpose, was to serve as the blackmail. And I think that 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 was, like, a bit kind of something i wish there was her character was a bit more fleshed out
0: yeah that that to me is my biggest criticism of the film i think she does a really great job with what they give her um i i actually like her a lot as an actor um but i think like to me she it's one of these things and Kyle we've talked about this a lot is uh you know something bad happening something bad usually sexual happening to a woman serving as like the main plot device of a film
1: that came up with uh, Joanna for Jacko's boating, and we've seen it in plenty of other films we covered for this podcast, and just you know films in general. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I get one-dimensional. I agree with both of you. What You know, it's one-dimensional, but she does a you know very good job for the role that she's given. I think they tried to spice it up by making her father what the head of the DNC, right? So yeah there's a
2: bit more, but she, like she's just, but some. she's, her father's only the head of DNC is so that you can say later on that. Uh, Paul, Paul has that, that, that great scene. It just, the only reason that he's the head of the DNC is so that we can kind of add that extra bit of drama to Paul and Steven's last scene. That's the only reason. I don't think it's like spicing it up. It's like, yeah. Oh, I got her the internship. No, That's just it's like,
1: uh it's it's just it's just to give it's the, it's that definitely it adds more towards than like that scene between Paul and Stephen but I, it it gives us a little bit more I think just understanding besides just saying oh my parent I mean even though I mean so they're Democrats but they're I mean they're Catholics and conservatives and like in that retrospect that they don't believe in abortion. But it just—it just it it, it, just they were trying. I'm not saying they accomplished it, but they're just by you know then having him speak at the funeral. I wonder how into Morris.
0: I wonder how the play uh, her character is in the play. Um, This isn't look. This isn't a movie. It's not going to pass pass the Bechdel test here. There's only (laughs) there's only two uh, women who speak in this film, I believe. Unless there's like some intern who throws a line somewhere, but there's only two women with speaking roles, which is the candidate's wife and her, and they're both romantically involved with the candidate.
2: Well, and also, I, and, and also, and also, oh, Ida, out, Ida, of course, Ida. And and also to point out that basically her character is repeated at the end, right? Like yeah, um, whatever whatever <laughs> the other intern's name is, it's like it's like she's a plot device. That's and that's what that's 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 her role in the movie. And I, Kyle, he, like. Kyle, even
0: Ida, uh, like offers sexual favors at one point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, something. Uh, yeah, between her and I think from Hoffman.
0: So, so for like, yeah, it's not it's not the best when it comes to that. But again, I, I really think that Evan Rachel Wood, with what she was given, does a good job. So okay, so let's get to this final scene, which again, I, like Dan, you were talking about it a little, we, we were touching on it. Um, I just love that line. Like, you know, what is it? Like maybe. Yeah, maybe one day you can tell me. Yeah, one day, one day we can grab a beer and you can tell me what you had on the governor.
2: And this is after he reveals that he got her the internship. Yeah. So there's a little bit of extra, like, oh my god, I really not only did I stab this guy in the back twice, um, I like I killed his friend's daughter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It really is. It's Ryan Gosling not picking up the cell phone that led her to believe that he was going to,
2: you know, go ahead and say how well he was. He was. He went, he, w- he went to Paul Giamatti and threw it out on the table.
0: Yeah, that's something we skipped over, and that's something I did want to just briefly mention, how he just storms into the rival campaign office, like he's going to own the place. He's like, I got everything. And he was going to spill. So in, her, in Molly's whole arc, she, she ends up, do we think it's actually a suicide? I, I think they're heavily implying it. Almost positive oh, suicide. Yeah. yeah. So she ends up killing herself because she's afraid that that Gosling's character is going to you know uh, blow this whole thing up and and, and you know use her again. And it, look in her shoes, you would believe that too. Um, but it's not. He's not innocent. He was actually going to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's why I think the the following scene after this, where he's just looking dead inside. You know, it's it kind of. I mean. I, you can also make. I mean, I, I hate to be. I hate to be the artsy one again and bring back the, the whole Ides of March Caesar theme. But in a way, um, more so than George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the Caesar. You know.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask that. Like, it's, at some points, you get. I, I feel like he is.
0: Yeah, who's
2: the one who's really betrayed? It's him. You're right. He he's and oh. he's the only, He's the only. I wouldn't say honest. He's not an honest character but he's no, he does, between, he does a double well, cross. He he's he's true to his ethic, right? And
1: and honestly it's him him and Ida in a way are both true to like what they do, you know? They're both I think she, I mean she's a journalist and she will like go ahead and get any story she wants and print it like she doesn't have, I guess maybe ethics when it comes to <laughs> to to that, but I mean, she is just doing her job at the end of the day, but yeah, I'd say, you know, uh, Paul definitely, he's just, he's doing his job to the best capability he can and to, like, what he, you know, to his Ethical and like moral code.
0: Yeah, in this seedy world of, of back dealing and you know the stuff with the media, he seems like a guy with a code, and that's like rare. We we think Morris is the guy with the code, but I mean, it, obviously, he 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 might have it in all the other factors, but he did a very bad thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love uh, Paul saying. Like To Stephen right away Like, uh, look, at, uh, look at you all grown up, tits and all Yeah, oh god, I,
0: I love that line too <laughs> Just
1: like, he just says it He says everything in such a dry and frank kind of way uh, And then, you know well, li- just, and, saying, and then he's gonna go to, what, K Street And make a, a million a year or whatever He's like, you know, and no one to fuck you over Like, yeah. he just says yeah. it just says it so perfectly and so like every like but then at the same time like every one of his words is like almost a knife being plunged into Steven like it's just just i mean i i'm so happy cuz cuz Ryan Gosling is like one of my favorite actors and uh and so the fact that they got to share so many scenes together that was
0: awesome yeah um so this is a movie that uh- I was a little surprised... Well, okay, when we look at the pantheon of Philip smith career, I don't know if it's in that top level of what people consider, but I think it's in that level right under. But, but it has no Oscar nominations for acting. Um, the only nomination is for the screenplay. By the way, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes are critics, which is pretty good. Um, 73 with audiences. Liked it a little bit less. But I said it's like one of my favorite films, and one of my favorite Hoffman films, uh, frankly. It, it's like I said, it's not in maybe the top five of what people say are his f- films, but it's certainly in that second class. I would say most people have that consensus with, with his performance. Uh, well, well, I, do you guys agree? Disagree?
1: No, I, yeah, I agree in the sense it, I mean, the, as far as when it goes to like the questions that we ask when we have like first time guests on, you know, f- like a, whether it's a favorite f- film of yours of his, or it's a favorite role of his, like, it seems like both, you know, obviously you say that both of those you know are true um i could see much more how this is would lean towards like someone's favorite role than someone's favorite movie of his or actually i don't know it might be 50-50 on that because it, it's just it, it's cl- like a role of his that he's really good in but it, he's not you know the star of the show
0: but i think but, like like we've said this is where he just does so, it, it, it's similar to Charlie Wilson's war uh role this is where he does is, so yeah. good
2: Let me kind of my my opinion on this movie is, if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. I'm not buying the DVD.
0: That that's second tier. Then that's you are like the consensus.
2: Yeah, I like the movie. I like Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's not a big enough part of the movie, right?
0: No, but but just I guess from our point of view and the. How we've analyzed all these things, we've seen him do everything at this point. Star, like, be like a little cameo role, and everything in between. Like, this is, not he's great as the star, but this is where it seems like he's having the most fun, I guess. It seems like he just really sinks into a character when it's like he's a pivotal side character. Definitely. So is there anything else you guys uh, maybe wanted to address or talk about for the Ides of March?
2: Pretty good. I like it. I it. It's <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's definitely, you know, as as someone who's kind of like into politics, it's it was an it was a refreshing political movie. Um, I I think in the beginning, I was a little like my first viewing, I recall I was like, oh, this is gonna be another bullshit story, right? Because they have that one setup scene with with Marisa Tomei. She goes, oh, you're such an idealist. You know, it's like I thought it would be one of those things where you break down the idealist type deal. Right, but and that that eventually did happen, but it's uh, it's uh, it's it was a nice story, cool, great acting. Uh, again, I'd watch it on TV. I'm not going to buy the DVD, but I enjoyed it.
1: You've got a bit of a you know, for someone that grew up in like Western Jersey, you've got like a Jersey accent sometimes, uh, Dan. You got like a Gosling.
2: It come it comes in. Maybe I've watched You're it like, too much. Yeah, you know, when, when, I'm also I'm also on my like. By like 16th cup of coffee so i think the jersey comes out a little bit are you are you and i didn't grow up in western jersey i grew up in clifton new jersey i was five minutes outside of patterson in the political machine
0: in the political machine yeah
2: yeah not away
0: from it do you consider yourself the ryan gosling of central pennsylvania now
2: um i wouldn't go that far but uh I think uh, I mean I'm I, I'm a little bit too chubby to be Ryan Gosling, and the chubby Ryan Goslings already been taken. Oh but you man, can be the
1: chubby Ryan Gosling of uh, again, whatever. <laughs> area of Central yeah. PA. Kyle, will you- I'm
2: the, I am the chubby Ryan Gosling of uh, Lancaster County. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, will you give him franchise
0: rights? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Kyle, anything else you want to talk about with Ides of March? Or?
1: No, I mean it's just. Uh... A, a great role of his and i i mean and also paul i mean paul giamatti is just
2: awesome in this movie uh we didn't give him enough talking to he was like he was great yeah paul giamatti's great period he,
0: yeah he deserves his own podcast honestly like, yeah he
1: would be he'd be really fun to talk about but i, I well you've you, seen you,
2: between you got you guys are almost. you guys are almost done with the hoffman series then yeah, yeah. I don't
1: think we're going to do another actor after this.
0: But he'd be a great, a great guy to do something on. Um for sure. Like just his like uh from the from he's a guy who paid his dues, so to speak, too, you know. He had like little bit parts and then started doing like kicking ass. But we would have to talk about John Adams, Just you know. Like I know it's not a feature film, but we would have to talk about it. Yeah. Were you going to mention something about him in the film, Kyle?
1: Oh, I was just going to say. I mean, it, it's great that he and Philip Seymour Hoffman got to share a little screen time together. Obviously, his bigger moments were with Ryan Gosling, but uh, it, yeah, it was just fun because I consider them to be, you know, very much like in the same class of actors you know just like very much like peers they, they just to me they have a lot of similarities just as far as i think
0: they're giamatti and hoffman or giamatti and gosling giamatti and hoffman okay yeah i know i agree
2: i 100% agree i okay now i'm it. sorry now paul, paul giamatti now there is the uh, chubby brian gosling yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's a
1: little he's like the he's the chubby george Clooney.
0: <laughs>
2: fair fair pa- Paul
0: Giamatti's father was former baseball commissioner. Last week we had a baseball movie. Well what do we have next week, Kyle? Uh,
1: next week we have the Master:
0: The Master, one of your favorite films. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm excited to see it again because, because again, it's a polarizing film. Not a lot of people like I mean not okay. a lot of people like it and a lot of people don't like it. We'll put it that. I high.
1: love the master.
0: and that's lang- I know that's, <laughs> that's, Never mind. You gonna make a Lancaster joke? No, never mind. It's Lancaster,
2: all right. Lancaster. Not Lancaster. Lanc- Lancaster dot. Lanca- Lancaster's that little slum in uh, northern England, all right. <laughs> Lancaster is the is the heaven where the the the, <laughs> the, the 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 corn stalks. No, we don't have corn. What do we got? Sheep. Here? There's grain. Chocolate. Chocolate. I'm, I'm right by Hershey. Oh, that's So nice. everyone... Actually, the, the, there's a very unpleasant thing is in the summer, um, they fertilize a lot of the fields with the cocoa pods left over from the Hershey factory. I'm actually... I'm in Elizabethtown, and they make Three Musketeers here. Wait, is but that where
0: the film Elizabethtown by
2: Cameron Crowe, which was supposed to be pretty bad, is from? Probably not. There's not much here. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to look that up. <laughs> look it up. Google it. Um, but... Uh, I'm, I'm every, every so often there's a big heavy smell from the the Hershey's chocolate factory, and there it's there not a while. good thing. It's not. No, a good it's thing. wonderful! It's absolutely oh. wonderful. But unfortunately, that's like one one set of every like sixty days, and then oh. the other fifty nine. It smells like the uh, uh, cow shit. Oh. But you get used to you get used to it after a while. you know
1: <laughs> smell? Sounds like a fun What's place. The smell at Penn State bullshit.
2: No, it smells like, uh, it <laughs> smells like actually there it's right it's right next to, my campus is right next to a farm, so it, it smells like couch okay. sometimes.
0: <laughs> Still
2: really nice people. The nicest people in the world. I went to uh Wendy's the other day and I, I, I you know I, I pull in and I, I give the guy my money and he gives me my food and he goes, Have a blessed day, sir. And I wow. go,
0: holy shit. So we always ask our guests like where we can they can follow
2: uh you, you or where cut, they can find you. Clearly way, clearly at, at the Wendy's. Uh, at the Wendy's. And you're yeah. gonna cut all that out, right? We're not gonna <laughs> include any of this. These are my neighbors, please. Okay. Um, wait, what? <laughs> my name is my name is Joe. Uh, I do not live no. Nah. Uh, you can uh, I, I, this there's no real way to follow me. Uh, my Twitter handle is at danxposhell. I don't really tweet. Um, I don't work for myself anymore, so I kinda gave that up. Are
1: you gonna look are, are and, you gonna uh, look into
2: uh, Pennsylvania politics? Nah, maybe. I, I actually i i made i made a, i made a turn. Right, I'm a little a little disgusted with politics as is because you know the Democrats are uh, vile neo Marxists and the Republicans are uh, obnoxious. So uh, I uh, I joined the local Libertarian Party. Of wow! So yes, you'll never
0: you'll never make it in politics again.
2: Well, it's Good like it's like it's like <laughs> I spent I spent my entire life as a Republican in New Jersey. So I thought you were a, um, a Democrat coming into college. I was a Democrat coming into college, but I spent most of my well, well I say my life. My life was after college. We don't count those first uh, 18 years. <laughs> those are, voting, those are voting stupid. Years. Those are stupid. I was really hey, listen. I was a big Hillary Clinton fan in the original 2008 run. Wow, <laughs> that's because I was I was young and stupid. You know, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, and also, and also John McCain. Come on, let's 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 be real here. Uh, but uh, I, 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 spent, I spent most of my, my adult life as a Republican in New Jersey. So I figured, what could be harder than that? A libertarian in rural uh, Pennsylvania.
1: So, <laughs> you like a good challenge, Mr. Pushell.
2: Yeah, yeah, I like a good challenge. You know, it's, it's fun. 100%. And, uh, and also, being a libertarian, you know, you get to be a lot more angry and a lot more cynical, right?
0: You're, yeah, yeah and, and you know you're, you're not playing to win. You're just you've already isolated you, you, you're yourself.
2: So <laughs> you're playing. You're 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 playing to uh, to sit back and say, "Oh, I told you so." <laughs>
0: exactly. So, just some correction things. Elizabeth Town in the that film that no one watched by Cameron Crow is in Kentucky, not the one you you are in. Um, also, next week I believe we have Danny Kim.
1: Yes, he's uh one of Brian I's oldest friends, and he's uh, worked in photography, so just figured uh, as our uh, one of our characters is a photographer, figured that'd be fun, bring him on. And he loves the
0: film. He's a big big fan of the director as well. Yes. Um, so, as always, you can check out all the great shows, including uh, Boyfriend Material, which is the Ryan Gosling show, on CadeClub.me, CadeClub.me, this show as well, of course, and the other, again, the pantheon of great cage club shows. So Dan, once again, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a pleasure to have you. You always bring the nice uh, political and today historical and theatrical and uh, amazing, amazing perspective. So thank you for coming on.
2: Thank you. And, uh, stay, (laughs) cool. Thank you, Dan. (laughs) uh, Also, also, also just on another note, we're getting that around that time of year. Beware the Ides of March. Ah. Yeah, you see what I did there? I like that.
0: Beware the Ides of March guys.